pink fading to lavender, fading to pale blue. The beauty of the colors was breathtaking. One of those moments you want to soak into your skin, absorb the colors into your soul. These were the colors of the sunrise while I was driving to work this morning. It was exceptionally beautiful because the temperature dropped overnight and left the trees and grass silvery white with frost. A sparkling silver white backdrop to the neon pink, lavender, and blue. Gorgeous, I tell you. Gorgeous. Reminded me of the sunsets on the beach in the summer. The beach makes it even better because there is nothing to block the view. No electric lines or buildings to get in the way. Just the open expanse of the water stretching all the way to the horizon. The colors reflect on the water, turning it into the colors of the sky. The waves wash up the shoreline in a thin film of water, taking the pinks, corals, and purples with it onto the sugar-white sand. You can run over that thin film of water and pretend you're running on the sunset, running onto the hot pink swirling colors, splashing pink and purple water like a watercolor painting of your own making. Yep, now you want to go the beach with me, don't you? I don't just watch things like the sunset. I participate in them, body and soul. So, do you want to know what else the sunrise reminded me of today? It's kind of silly, but here it is. My grandma's glasses. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? You just furrowed your brow a little and questioned, how does a pink, lavender, and blue sunrise remind me of my grandma's glasses? Remember my grandma Mary, the one from my very first episode, the ABC bubblegum lover? Well, she was a very vain woman. She loved to get dressed up. Remember the tighter the jeans, the skinnier you looked motto? Well, she had to pair those skin-tight jeans with a fancy blouse, stretchy belt with a big gaudy butterfly belt buckle, and a tall pair of high heels. She loved a good wig, something that required little skill in the hairdressing ability. Now, she struggled with herself because she lived in a conservative Christian environment that did not condone personal adornment. That meant no jewelry and very minimal makeup. So this woman who would wear purple high heels to match the purple belt that matched the purple purse would have worn purple eyeshadow to top it off if she could have was left without the last touches of makeup. So here's a little sneaky way to get around that. It was her glasses. She had the lenses of her glasses tinted pink on the bottoms and then slowly faded up to a pale blue. It was an attempt to give the illusion of blush and blue eyeshadow. Did any of you know anyone with those type of glasses? It was sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. I loved staring at those glasses. As a little girl, I was enthralled by the subtle colors of those lenses. Now, every time I see a pink sunrise that fades up to blue, I think of my grandma. My grandma who is still alive in body, but her soul is just not quite there anymore. Dementia has stolen her from me, left me with this anxious, sad woman who rarely seems like my grandma Mary I grew up with. But as I looked at the sunrise this morning, not only did I have good memories of watching my daughter run on the beach in her hot pink shorts that matched the hot pink sunset water, but I was reminded of my grandma. Made me smile thinking of those glasses and the sneaky way she got around the no-makeup rule she lived by. Welcome back to Storystone. Guess what? This is my 10th episode. Yeah, crazy, right? Have you listened to all 10 episodes? If so, I am beyond flattered. By listening to Storystone, you not only support my art form, but you also support the ones I have written the stories about. Each episode is a way of telling someone else's story to immortalize a little piece of their life. 
a little piece of their life shared with everyone that hits the play button. Eight different countries. Someone hits play in India, and now we are connected in a very personal way. Those of you in Japan, you have now connected with Nicole here in the United States. You may not know her in person, but you do know her personally. If you were able to meet Nicole, you would feel that connection you have developed with her just by listening to her story. That's what I find so exciting about this storytelling adventure of mine. But I know you didn't come back to hear me ramble on about this being my 10th episode episode and whatnot, you came back to hear me tell about the rest of the story of Sunny Pock. So where was I going with all of this? The stunning sunrise that led to the memory of my grandma Mary? What jogs your memory of your grandma? For Nicole, it is the chili spice and kimchi. That brings us back to the beginning of how I learned about Nicole's grandma. Sitting at the main desk of the OR, lovely blonde Nicole got into a conversation with me about Korean food. She told me about how her grandma would cook for her out on the covered patio behind her house. No, not like at the outdoor grill flipping hamburgers. She would be squatting on the cement patio under the awning, squatting over a little propane burner and a big huge wok, cigarette hanging from her mouth with the ash a mile long. (laughs) Funny the little things we remember as children. And the ash on her grandma's cigarette is what Nicole had so vividly in her mind. I think we laughed so hard about it when she described it to me, we cried. You see, Nicole has the same sense of humor like mine. She can see something in her mind's eye and it matches mine and off we go. So here's this little old Korean grandma in her backyard cooking up amazing food to feed her grandchildren since, remember, she shows her love through food. Chain-smoking cigarettes that sat at the edge of her mouth while she talked. Cooking utensils taking both hands so the cigarette was never removed from her mouth, just kept on puffing away, ash hanging precariously from the cigarette, never missing a beat. Feeding the two little blonde girls until one day the oldest, Megan, coaxed the amazing story about her grandma's childhood from her. So as Megan ate bites of tender bologi and deep-fried sesame leaves, she listened to the amazing life adventures of Sunny Pock. Hmm, let's see. We left off right as Sunny hopped onto a random train headed to who knows where in hopes of making it to the city where her aunt's sister lived. Five days, this brave 14-year-old rode on that train. Five long days. Her anxiety mounting as she soon realized she had no clue what she was doing. No way of making money to buy food with. No comfortable place to sleep. Constantly hiding from the conductor. Then, at the beginning of the fifth day, they came to a permanent stop. A stop in a train station of a very large city. As the baggage car was unloaded, the conductor found Sunny in her hiding spot. He started yelling at her and grabbed her thin arm in his strong grip. Dragging her to a room in the train station, he set her roughly down in a chair and told her to stay there until he decided what to do with her. Then off he went to finish unloading the train. The door slammed and locked behind him, and there sat poor Sunny, scared, tired, and hungry. It's hard for me to sit still without anything to do in my house, let alone an empty room. No TV to watch, no Instagram to scroll through, no endless videos on YouTube to watch. Just four walls, a floor, and a ceiling to look at. No window to peer out of. Just Sunny, all by herself, scared and alone. I wonder what she thought about while waiting for the conductor to come back. She waited and waited and waited some more, until finally, hours later, the conductor returned. He wasn't angry anymore. His anger had dissipated, 
and he was actually nice to her. He asked her where she was trying to go. A big tear escaped her eyes and rolled down her cheek. He held her shoulders and told her it was all okay and just tell him where she was going. Her fear left her. The fear of going to jail or being sent back to her aunt's house left. Sunny felt hope again. The same hope she felt as she so confidently jumped onto that train five days ago. She then told him of how she ran away from her aunt's house and is trying to get to the city where her aunt's sister lives. She showed him the letter telling him that she can't read but knew it was from her. He looked at the letter then burst out laughing. Sonny didn't know what was so funny. And then he said, girl, your aunt's sister lives in Seoul. You are sitting in the main train station of downtown Seoul. Sunny gasped. She couldn't believe it. Out of all the trains she managed to hop onto, she picked the one that eventually took her to the correct city, to Seoul. She was so excited and asked the conductor if he could take her to her aunt's house. Let's hit the pause button for a second. Does it sometimes feel like just when things are finally working out and you are full of hope, suddenly life throws a curveball at you? That is exactly what happens to Sunny. The curveball is thrown. Remember Megan warned me that her grandmother's story is not one full of joy, but instead of heartache? Yep. We come to yet another piece of heartache in the story of Sunny Pock. It's the kind of thing that, as a parent of a little girl, you fear. I cannot leave this part out. It's such a pivotal point in the story, and it helps you understand the later pieces of the puzzle. But because there are little ears listening, I must walk down this part of the story with caution and tact. Sunny had traveled with a beautiful flower tucked into her pocket. A birth flower. A peony. You know those big, gorgeous ones that come back every year and smell faintly of roses with soft, full petals? It was given to her by her mother the day she was born, a beautiful light pink peony that to her represented her innocence and all that she loved. That man took it from her, tore the petals off and stomped on it, then bundled tearful Sunny into a taxi and took her to her aunt's sister's house just as he promised. So there stood Sunny, standing in front of the door she had dreamed about so long, part of her heart filled with the utter relief of making it to her final destination, and the other part reeling from what the conductor just did. How can humanity be so cruel? How can some people show such love and compassion and others show such despicable behavior? This is a question we must not dwell on, otherwise we will just get pulled down in despair. Let's do what Sunny did. She wiped the tears and sniffles away with her sleeve, smoothed her hair back from her face, took a deep breath, and rang the doorbell. <sighs> that was such a hard part to write. This story kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Writing about such hardship is really hard for me. I am such an empathetic soul. So it is with great relief I am through that last bit. On to the next part because you know it can only get better from here, right? Thank God Sunny was taken into her aunt's sister's house with open arms. Hugs were bestowed, a hot bath and clean clothes were doled out. The story of her journey was told to her new auntie over a hot meal and a cup of steaming hot green tea. Tears of relief were shared by both. Finally, Sunny was tucked into a warm, soft bed. She was safe, warm, and full of yummy food. That girl slept and slept. Waking to the sunshine streaming through her new bedroom window onto her face. Waking to a quiet house. No babies to tend to. No running to the river to collect water for the day. No stoking the fire for the morning meal. Just quiet comfort. 
Now, sometimes life gives us a chance to change the direction we are going, to take away some of the painful things life had in store for us. But then remember, we have the ability to choose. Why is it some of us choose the hard road? When Sunny was given the chance to ease into adulthood, she still managed to take the rough road. But I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. During the time she lived with her new auntie, she was able to learn to read and write. Smart as a whip, it didn't take her long, and she soon begged her auntie to let her get a job in a department store. Sunny was a sassy teenager and started to buck every rule her auntie tried to enforce. Sunny had found a job working as a clerk at a retail shop. Her boss was nice to her. She wasn't used to men being nice. He told her how pretty she was, gave her gifts of new dresses, a cute little hat, a new purse. All the other shop girls took a smoke break out behind the shop, so Sunny soon joined in. They would go out back and smoke and gossip. They talked about the new movies they had seen, what boys they liked, you know, all those silly things teenage girls like to talk and giggle about. One day, the boss came out back with a little slim box in his hand. He shot a look at the other girls and snapped at them to get back to work. As Sunny walked past him, he grabbed her arm and held her back. When all the girls had gone inside, he handed her the box. She opened it and caught her breath in her throat. It was a brand new Rolex watch. Her eyes went wide. Then she began to blush. There was no way she could accept this gift. What would it mean? Did it mean he wanted to marry her? She looked up at him then and suddenly fear pierced her heart. He had the same look in his eye that the conductor did a few years back. Poor Sonny. Come, let's get past this horrid experience with such horrid men. How can someone be so cruel to such an innocent soul? The watch fell to the ground, the glass face was broken, and the shiny gold surface scratched beyond repair. Off Sunny ran. She was full of shame. She ran and ran and ran. No money in her pocket, only the one set of clothes she had on, and now parts of these were torn. But on she ran until she could go no longer. There was no way she was going back to her auntie's house. She was scared. The man meanly whispered in her ear that if she told anyone, he would kill her auntie. Sunny knew that if she walked into her auntie's house, her auntie would know what happened as soon as she saw the look on her face. So to keep her auntie safe, she vowed to never return. Sunny wandered around a new area of Seoul for a few days until she saw a help-wanted sign in the ticket booth of a movie theater. She threw her shoulders back and confidently walked inside and got the job on the spot. The couple that owned the theater agreed to allow Sunny to live in the small room in the attic. Things went well for a week. Then, one night, everything changed. Remember last episode where I talked about how everything can change in the blink of an eye? This is where Sunny takes a different road. This is when things suddenly go right instead of wrong. I know, you just let out a sigh of relief. Let that knot in your stomach release and realize it's all going to be okay for Sunny. Here's what happened. Sunny was sleeping in her little room when she was suddenly awoken by footsteps coming up the stairs. Her heart was beating in her chest with fear, for those footsteps were not those of the wife, but of the husband. Not again. This was not going to happen again. Sunny took all the anger that had been building inside her, all the anger she had as she hung upside down while her stepmother beat the bottoms of her feet, all the anger as she broke the ice and washed the dirty diapers out while her teeth chattered and her lips turned blue, all the anger as she watched the conductor take the flower her mother gave her and stomp on it, all the anger at the man that gave her such a beautiful watch only to ruin it. Sunny took all that anger and stood up out of her bed in that very moment, everything changed. The universe stopped moving. It held its breath and whispered words of encouragement into her ear. 
She listened to its whispering of encouragement, and in that moment, everything changed for the better. She ran down those stairs, shoving the husband out of the way. He had a big round belly and couldn't move nearly as fast as Sonny, so down he went, tumbling down the stairs like a round dumpling. Sonny ran into the wife's room and demanded her week's pay. She looked into the woman's eyes with all those years of anger and hissed at her, saying, I am younger than you. I am prettier than you. I will take everything away from you unless you pay me what you owe me, plus an extra week's worth of pay. Wow, you go, Sonny. That took so much courage to talk to an elder like that, to demand even more than what she was owed. And you know what? It worked. The woman quickly handed the money and out the door went Sonny, slamming it hard behind her. In that moment of confidence, everything changed for Sonny. She became a confident young woman that day, and that air of confidence and strength remained in her spirit until the day she died. Sonny went on to spend the next few years working in random shops, paying rent for a room in a little boarding house for women. Then one evening, she went out with some of the other young ladies in that boarding house. They wanted to take Sonny dancing. They giggled in her ear about all the handsome young American soldiers that would be there. Sonny blushed as she thought of dancing with a boy, let alone an American soldier. No way was she going to do that. She vowed that she was just going to watch. (laughs) Nope, that was not meant to be that evening. Sunny was so gorgeous and her confident air gave her a sense of mystery. All the young men were a bit intimidated by her. She seemed so out of their league. Then, halfway through the evening, in walked the most handsome young man Sunny had ever seen. So gorgeous in his marine uniform. His name was Cecil. Cecil Canterbury. He stood tall and proud. If Sunny was a candle, she would have melted right onto the floor in a puddle of hot wax. He caught her eye from across the room and walked straight towards her. Of course he was going to dance with the most beautiful girl in the room that night. He didn't even ask her permission. He didn't need to. It was written all over her face. He walked up to her, put his hand out, and she took it, and they danced the rest of that evening until the music stopped playing. That was the beginning. They fell helplessly in love. Every evening he could, he would escape from the base to meet with Sunny. Every day off was spent by her side. They would go eat in little cafes, walk hand in hand in the park, dance every evening. The night before he was to return to the U.S., he looked into her eyes, told her she was the best thing that had ever happened to him, and asked her to marry him. For the first time in Sunny's life, she realized what love was. Silly, isn't it, she thought. Silly to even think something like this could happen to a poor little farm girl. All the terrible past faded away as she said the word, yes. They married that night at a little chapel, and then she cried her heart out the next day after he left on a boat bound for America. But he was true to his word and sent money faithfully to Sonny every month until finally, several months later, when she opened the letter from him, not only did money fall out, but a ticket to America. Can you imagine the excitement? I told you everything changed in that moment in the theater. Sunny could have just been submissive and done what the husband and wife at the theater wanted her to do, but instead she stood up for herself. And before you know it, she was staring at the Golden Gate Bridge as her ship pulled into the San Francisco Bay, peering over the railing, catching a glimpse of the new country she would call home. A new home that gave her the ability to learn to read and write in a second language. A new home that gave her freedoms a woman could never have during that era in Korea, a new home that gave her a wonderful daughter and then beautiful grandchildren. She had the independence she desired so much. 
That's what America can give you. Independence and freedom of choice. Things we take for granted. Things we tend to not even grasp the full meaning of since we have grown up with them. Things that Sunny appreciated. Eventually, she made her home in a small house in Clarksville, Tennessee, near the military base of Fort Campbell where her husband had been stationed. Cecil died a long time ago in a tragic drowning accident, so Nicole never met him. Sonny inherited her deceased husband's military benefits and was now in that little house Nicole will forever remember. She had a beautiful garden in the backyard where she planted vegetables and flowers from her native land. And yes, pale pink peonies were there, along with so many others that she used in her cooking. That's when she was happiest, squatting over her walk, cooking up something delicious for her family. She was not one that was full of loving sayings or touchy-feely. Her love was shown through her food. So, my sister told me that I had to make this episode lighter than the last since the last was so hard for her to listen to. Sorry if this was hard for you, Bonnie, but let me end it with the funny light-hearted bits about Sunny Pock that Nicole and Megan laughed and smiled about while telling me. The parts about their grandmother that they remembered and loved the most. Remember how I have said that Nicole and Megan were blonde and looked nothing like Korean descent? That's because Sunny was not their biological grandma. I didn't know this when I first talked to Nicole about her grandma because I have made assumptions about people's ethnicity based on their physical attributes and have been totally wrong, so I try never to assume anymore. Nicole and Megan's dad remarried after his divorce with their mom. He married Sunny's daughter named Sandy. Their father was also a military man, so Nicole grew up in Clarksville near Fort Campbell and would visit her father's stepmother frequently. She was a very small child when Sunny became her grandmother and spent a lot of time with her. Sunny took in these children as her own grandchildren without any thought, and thus Sunny was never referred to by Nicole as my step-grandma, but rather my grandma. Lovely, isn't it? Sunny wasn't the most loving mother to Sandy, but she made up for it with her grandchildren. She mellowed in her older age and finally found the joy of children. Maybe it was because she embraced grandparenthood like many do. The joy of enjoying the child, then sending them back home to their parents to deal with when they are naughty. Sunny had two parrots. Not at the same time, mind you, but one until it died, then she bought a new one. They were both named Sammy. Nicole laughs every time she thinks of those parrots and the hudgy, hudgy, hudgy dance her grandma would do with them. This stoic woman who didn't show much silliness would start to bob up and down and sing hudgy, 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 hudgy to her parrots to get them to dance and sing with her. Yes, all the while a cigarette hung from her lips. Now, here's the other funny story that ended my interview with Nicole and Megan. We had met at a pizza place called the Thirsty Goat in the outskirts of Clarksville. We were laughing so hard at the end of my conversation with them, we were crying, and I'm sure we were getting shot a few questioning looks by the other patrons. Sunny would make her own chili paste. You know that super delicious chili paste that you like to squirt onto your bibimbap or spoon little bits into the kimchi pancake you're eating? Well, she used a lot of chili paste, so once a year she would get a pickup truck full of peppers to dry and make her chili paste from. Who knows where she got those hot red peppers, but get them she did. A whole truck full. So one particular day, after Sunny had loaded her truck with those red peppers, the three kiddos, Nicole, Megan, and her brother Alex, were sent outside to play. They hopped into the back of the pickup truck and started to play in the peppers. 
yup, red hot chili peppers that were dried from the sun. Sunny had started separating the seeds from the peppers and had a huge pile of red pepper seeds in half of the truck bed. It was like sand. They started scooping the seeds into piles and shapes, laid down in them and made snow angels, laughing and giggling the whole time. They were interrupted in their play by their dad hollering at them to get out of the truck and get in the car because it was time to go home. So into the car they piled and started the drive to home when slowly the burning started. (laughs) Hang on a minute. Don't get confused. Think about it. What is pepper spray made out of? Peppers. When you cut a jalapeno, you have to be careful not to rub your face until you've washed your hands really well so it doesn't burn your eyes. Yes, you get it now. Those pepper seeds had been all over their skin, in their hair, and on their face. The oils were everywhere, and it started to burn. But they were little and didn't know any better, so suddenly their eyes started to water, which made it worse. By the time they got home, all three were wailing in pain, crying and screaming as their entire bodies burned like fire. Their dad ended up laying their heads over the toilet and pouring milk over their faces to at least stop the burning in their eyes. Yeah, smart man. Since milk soothes a burning throat from too much pepper, so it soothes the eyes from the burn of those red pepper seeds. (laughs) Of course it wasn't funny at the time, but now that Nicole and Megan are grown, they find the humor in what their naive little selves did, and the picture will forever remain in their heads of laying over a toilet having milk poured over their faces. Now, every time Nicole and Megan see chili paste or taste the chili in the kimchi, they get a little chuckle and then think of their grandma, Sunny Pock. Sunny Pock, the strong, enduring soul, the one that gave them a picture of true hardship and how to overcome. As I close this episode of Storystone, I want you to think back to the moments of change for you. Those times where your world went spinning down a different path. Think about who helped you and how did you handle the situation. We each have the strength and endurance of Sunny. We just have to tap into it. We each have people in our lives, like her auntie, who are more than willing to help us. Don't forget to thank those that have helped you through your times of change. And especially, thank yourself. Give yourself a pat on the back and gratitude for all the courage it took to get through those times of change. Thank you again for coming back and listening to this episode of Storystone. I have no idea what story I will be telling you next time. Send me a message and let me know if you have any funny or amazing stories from your childhood, or your life for that matter, that you would like to share with my audience. I love telling your stories. Keep them coming. Now, while you wait for my busy self to get the next episode written, recorded, and published, head over to my website. Click on the listener supporter link to join my group of amazing listener supporters and then listen to any of the episodes that you've missed. Oh, and don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and family because everyone needs a little story stone in their life, don't they? A time to ignore the stressors that are going on all around them. A time to focus on what really matters. Talk to you next time.